Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Turn Evangelism Podcast with T.S. Myers. Our prayer is that this message impacts your life. If it does, let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and let us know how God used this message to influence you. If you would like to follow our ministry, we would love for you to go to turnevangelism.com and check us out. And then we come to the next part of the verse. Lean not on your own understanding. We love what we know, and we love knowing a lot. Have you met a know-it-all before? Someone who knows everything and you can't get a word in edgewise? Right? They're kind of annoying to be around, okay? <laughs> it's hard to step out in areas where you're not sure. It's hard to step out in faith where previously, in the history of your life, in the history of the universe, it's never happened before. God says go. I mean, think about Peter and Jesus when, when Jesus is walking on water. Before that, nobody in the history of mankind had ever walked on water. And here we have Jesus walking up on, the, on this boat. And they're like, is it a ghost? What's going on here? And then Peter says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come. And the command of the Lord comes. And Jesus says, come. Peter steps out of the boat. And he's able to walk on water. Before that, nobody had ever walked on water before. But now, we have two people walking on water. Now what happens? Peter gets out of the boat. He's stepping on the water. Jesus is holding him up. Not the water, by the way. His faith is in the right place. And then he starts to notice the wind and the waves. He starts to see the storm and he starts to sink. He takes his eyes off of Jesus and he goes down. And then Jesus, in his grace, grabs Peter, pulls him out of the water, and they walk back to the boat together. It takes great faith to keep your eyes on Jesus. But you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. It's hard. But if you don't, guess what you're never going to do? You're never going to walk on water. Now, here's the other thing. You're talking about walking on water, right? You're talking about you're never going to be able to walk on dry land. If you're not walking with Christ and keeping your eyes on Christ, you will not be living like Christ wants you to live. You'll sink even if you're not on water. Romans chapter 4, we have Paul speaking about the father of our faith. His name is Abraham. And he shows a picture of Abraham that I think is so valuable for us to think about. Abraham was promised by Yahweh, the God of the universe, descendants beyond the stars of the sky, sand on the seashore, that he would be the father of many nations. And when he was 100 years old, you you know how many kids he had? Zero. How are you the father of many nations with Zero kids at 100 years old, but God gave Abraham a promise. So we see in Romans chapter 4, verse 18, it says this, Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Now look at verse 19. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. 
Now look, if he's 100 years old and his wife is around his age, what's going to happen as well? He faced the fact that Sarah's womb was also dead. No kids. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the ability to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Sometimes waiting on God is hard, and he calls us into believing that beyond what the world has to offer you, something better is coming. And so he calls you to hope against hope, to be fully persuaded that God has the ability, based on the blood covenant of Jesus Christ, to do what he has promised and give you a hope in a future beyond this life that is better than anything that you can ever get here. And when you're fully... I'll take it. All right. Give it to the Lord. When, when you're fully persuaded of this, you live a certain way while you're here, by the way. When you really are trusting in the blood of Jesus Christ and you know the hope is coming and you know that something better is always coming, what you're headed to, ultimate eternity with God, will always help you get through what you're going through right now. Why do we have such hope in this world? Why do we live such godly lives while the world seems to be burning around us. It's because we have this hope that we're fully persuaded. And so God sees this in our life and he sees this faith in our life and then he credits us righteousness. When we are trusting in the Lord with all our heart and when the whole world says, no, if you do that, you actually are the weird ones. You're the, you're the stupid ones. You're, you're the evil ones. No, we lean not on our own understanding. We don't follow the patterns of this world. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so we trust in the Lord with all our heart, and we lean not on our own understanding. Think about it if Abraham had leaned on his own understanding. God, you can't do this. I'm 100 years old. My wife's womb is dead. There's no way that you're going to do what you promised. Well, then there would be no blessing for Abraham. He's the father of faith because he shows us how to believe God. Yes, I believe the promise of God, the blood covenant of Jesus Christ. And so I believe the future, that he's going to guarantee my spot in eternity with him. And so I can live now in the love of God as a testimony to everyone that's here that God can transform lives and that there's hope for this world. And the hope is found in Jesus Christ alone. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. And it becomes hard to acknowledge Him when our own understanding clouds our judgment. You guys have heard the illustration before that faith is like sitting in a chair. And, I, you know, it's, sometimes it's overdone. Maybe it hasn't been recently, but I think it's a good illustration. So if I tell you that I believe that this chair is going to hold me up, what do I have to do? When are you going to believe me? Are you going to believe me if I just say, yeah, this chair is going to hold me up, but yeah, I'm not going to sit in it, whatever. 
No, you're actually going to believe me when I actually sit in the chair, right? And I think that we all get this, and it's not hard to understand that faith is trusting in the object of your faith. It's not because I have great faith that I'm able to sit in this chair. It's because the object of my faith is able to hold me up, and the object of my faith is this chair. God is so much greater than this chair, by the way. When you don't lean on yourself and you lean on him, he will hold you up. Problem that we have is we like faith that is close to the ground. We like faith in normal life. We don't have a problem saying we're Christian, that we're generally trusting in Jesus. But the moment faith starts to present itself as hard or difficult in our lives, we kind of shy away from it. So I want you to imagine this chair is not just on the ground. I want you to imagine it's on the edge of the Empire State Building. And then God says to you, lean on me. Or I say to you, sit in this chair. Would you sit in the chair? It's a little bit more nerve-wracking at that point, isn't it? The object of your faith hasn't changed. The same object of your faith, the only difference is the position has changed, the circumstance has changed. Wherever you are, whether it's close to the ground, or it's an extremely challenging situation, your God can overcome anything. Lean not on your own understanding. When your faith is close to the ground, it becomes a little bit easier. But when it's higher, when your faith is truly tested, when you have to stand up for what's right in the hard circumstances, your God doesn't change. Take heart. He's overcome the world. But you've got to trust Him. You don't need to be the people that shrink and so are destroyed, but you need to be those people, as Habakkuk 2.4 says, that live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. Not once lived by faith a long time ago, but they live by faith now. God is not interested with faith that shrinks back. He wants faith that is consistent. That when it's on the ground, it trusts in Him. That when it's up high, it trusts in Him. That in every circumstance, you are trusting in the Lord with all your heart. You're leaning not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, you acknowledge Him. And the promise of the Scripture is, He will make your path straight. Acknowledge my final point today. Let me tell you what it's not. Acknowledging Jesus is not merely pointing to Jesus after a touchdown, okay? It's not saying after a sermon to God be the glory. Now, if you ask me, hey, Thomas, you did, or you tell me, Thomas, you did a good job today, I'll say praise God and I'll say thank you, okay? I will say that, but that's not what acknowledging God in all our ways is. Because if I don't say it, it doesn't mean God's not going to bless anything. It's not posting on Facebook, by the way, all these Bible verses. You think they're super spiritual, but you're living your life in a way that is really not pleasing to God when you're not on Facebook? What it is, is living out what you say you believe. It doesn't say in all your words acknowledge Him. Those are included. It says in all your ways acknowledge Him. How you live when people's eyes are on you and when they're off of you. How you live in your workplace, what you listen to, what you watch, the friends you hang out with. In all your ways acknowledge Him, even if it's hard. Do you take the Lord's name seriously? One of those other commandments in the Ten Commandments is not to take the Lord your God's name in vain. And some of you have a shallow understanding of what that means. You think it means using God's name with a curse word. Well, yes, that's taking his name in vain. Do not do that, but it's so much more than that. Because if you are in this room and you call yourself a Christian, 
a follower of Christ, you've also taken the name of Christ or the Lord on yourself. His name is something that you've identified with. And when you go out and you misrepresent Him, you take His name in vain. And when you go out and you don't show Christ to others as He's calling you to do, and you say, I'm a follower of Christ, but you don't follow Him, you take His name in vain. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Acknowledging Him in all our ways means saying yes to Him in all our ways. It means saying no to this world and no to sin for a season, knowing that something better is coming. Knowing that if we say no now, that's okay because you cannot understand what God has prepared for you. No eye has seen, no ear has heard the the wonders that God has prepared for those who love Him. You get your eyes on the promise, being fully persuaded that God has the ability to keep it. And you'll be able to get through what you're going through right now. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 says that the grace of God which brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for our blessed hope. The glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people of his very own, eager to do what is good. Notice what that verse says. That God gives you grace. That grace teaches you something. It teaches you that what you have in Jesus Christ is better than what you can go out and get in this world. And so he calls you in that grace to wait on him. To know that something better is coming. And so it teaches you to say no to ungodliness and to say yes to godliness. And to live in such a way that you're waiting on this blessed hope, this glorious appearing. If I told you right now that today for dinner you're going to Texas de Brazil, would you spoil your appetite on lunch or would you wait? What would you do? It would be foolish for you to go out and gorge yourself at Golden Corral on the all-you-can-eat buffet that you can get right now. Why? Because something better is coming. And when you actually taste and see that God is better than anything that you can get right now on this earth, you're able to say no to sin for a season. Why? Because something better is coming. And something better is always coming. Always. And so the grace of God that brings salvation appears to all of us and it teaches us to say no and to say yes to Him while we wait for our blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we need to get our eyes on the hope. We need to trust in the promise so much being fully persuaded and we need to not lean on our own understanding knowing that what God has is better than what we can get for ourselves. Trusting in Him. Do you want what your hands can bring or what the God of the universe's hands can bring? So be fully persuaded and God will credit you righteousness when you believe in Him for His salvation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that if there is someone in here right now that needs you 
and to genuinely put their faith in You that they get your, their eyes on Your promise. The fact that You died for their sins to give them an eternity with You. Help them to see what that means and help them to repent of their sins. To turn from their sins and turn to You because You are better. And I'll pray that You would give them a foretaste. As Your Word promises, Lord, when we believe we're marked in You with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, I pray that You would fill them with Your Spirit, that You would draw them with Your Spirit, but when they believe, You would fill them and that You would help them to see the rest of their life. Why would I take that sin when I have God? When I have something better? Help all of us here to say no so that we can say yes to You, God. In Jesus' name. Nobody looking around, every head bowed and every eye closed. Some of you are in this room right now and you don't know God. It's hard for you to say no to sin because you haven't really tasted how good God is in your life. And let me tell you, the good news of Jesus Christ is not just that He gives you a guarantee of eternity because of His blood shed for you 2,000 years ago, but the good news is also the fact that you don't have to leave this room today, these doors, without knowing God. You can actually know God today. And that's part of the reason we're able to say no to sin while we're here on this earth because we actually have an intimate relationship with God that starts here. Your salvation starts here. It starts now. And what you need to do is you need to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. To put your eyes on the promise of God and be fully persuaded that God can do it. And the Bible promises that when you believe in Him, you will be marked in Him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee, a deposit guaranteeing your redemption until the redemption of those who are God's possession. That means a guarantee that's like, something that someone gives you, a deposit, showing that what I've said I will keep, that means that when you accept Christ into your life, that He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And you'll start to show it. You'll start to show it in your life. People will see a change in your heart. Why do I know that people, if you genuinely come to know Jesus, why do I know that people will see change in your life? Because you cannot come into contact with someone as big as the God of the universe and not show it. If I got hit by a truck outside on Kindle Drive today, I would show it. And you'd say, why, why are you showing it? Well, because I got hit by a truck. And so many of us claim to have come into contact with God and we just don't show it. That's impossible. If we really come into contact today with the God of the universe and we come to know Him genuinely, we show it and we live a life in such a way that knows that God is better. God is better than the pleasures of sin for a season. We are fully persuaded. Are you ready to give your life to Jesus for real? Are you fully persuaded? Has the grace of God broken into your life so that you'll say no to sin and ungodliness and turn to Jesus Christ and live a godly life? Are you ready to trust in Him not just with your words but with your actions? Are you ready to trust in Him with all your ways? If you are, let God know in a prayer of surrender. Let Him know right now in the quietness of your seat. Say a prayer of surrender to Him where you're saying, God, I've been working too hard trying to be good enough and I can't do it. I need You, Jesus Christ, to come into my heart and to be what I never could be. To forgive my sins and to impact my life and to change me from the inside out. You need to stop your work and let God do the work.
And then what you'll see on the back end is you won't be working towards righteousness anymore. You'll be working from it. The free gift of righteousness that God gives through Jesus Christ, His Son. You won't be working towards your salvation anymore. You'll be working from your salvation. You won't be working towards having more power. You'll be working from the power of God. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God that makes me wise. The strength of God that makes me strong. Will you surrender to God right now and let Him work and impact your life? Are you ready to do the hard thing? If that's you, let God know in a prayer of surrender. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let God know. Say this to Him if you want to ask Christ into your life and know that if you were to die, you'd be in eternity with God. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died for my sins and I'm genuinely sorry. Sorry for my sins. Forgive me, Jesus. I turn to you by faith and I am persuaded by your promise that you have something better for me than what I can get here. And so I let go of this world and I take hold of you, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Did this message draw you closer to God or did you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior today? We want to hear about it. Let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and fill out the form at the bottom of the page and tell us what God did in your life through this message. Also, if you would like to bring T.S. Myers out to do ministry with your church or organization, send us a message on our website, turnevangelism.com. Thank you for joining us for this message from Turn Evangelism with T.S. Myers.